the Public News Service Daily Newscast, February the 5th, 2024. I'm Mike Clifford. Congress recently cleared legislation that extended government funding into March, but one Arizona elections official would like to see federal lawmakers include funding for election administration and for security. Patty Hansen is the Coconino County Recorder in Northern Arizona. She's been involved with elections administration for 36 years and adds that with the continuing exodus of many election recorders and directors in recent years because of increased threats and harassment, what's left is what she calls a huge institutional void. She adds that in more rural counties such as hers, funding to improve election systems would go a long way. Some jurisdictions are wealthier than others and have a better tax base. And I do think it's something the federal government should be looking at for providing the necessary funds across the nation because elections are the foundation of our democracy. Seven out of 10 Americans believe the federal government should be just as, if not more, responsible for election funding than local municipalities and states. I'm Alex Gonzalez reporting. Meantime, U.S. Senator Sunday released a highly anticipated $118 billion package that pairs border enforcement policy with wartime aid for Ukraine. That for the Associated Press, they report the proposal could be the best chance for President Biden to resupply Ukraine with wartime aid. That is a major foreign policy goal shared by both the Senate top Democrat Chuck Schumer and top Republican Mitch McConnell. Next to Montana, where researchers are looking for ways to reduce the suicide rate on local reservations. In reporting from KFF Health News, the suicide rate among the state's indigenous youth is more than five times the statewide rate for kids of the same age. Amanda Morningstar lives in Hart Butte, Montana, a town of about 600 on the Blackfeet Indian Reservation. She says her 15-year-old son tried to take his own life after the suicides of a cousin and two classmates. Morningstar says families on the reservation often feel neglected, and she thinks the local tribal council isn't taking the problem seriously. Suicide is something that they don't talk about. They really don't get it unless they go through it. It's, it's just really sad right now because nobody wants to work together. Even though Native Americans are only 6.5% of Montana's population, they were 10% of all suicides in 2020, the third highest rate in the country. This story was produced with original reporting from Cheryl Platzman-Weinstock for KFF Health News. Mark Moran reporting. This is Public News Service. Next to New Hampshire, where lawmakers have voted to advance a so-called bathroom bill, which opponents say will allow for anti-LGBTQ discrimination. House Bill 396 does not ban transgender people from using multi-person restrooms or joining sports teams that align with their gender identity, but it does allow public and private institutions to create their own restrictions. Lynn Jacow with 603 Equality says the bill stems from misinformation and fear. Our opponents and unfounded fears saying the sky is going to fall, there's going to be all of these safety and privacy violations. None of those have come true. The bill passed the House last month, but some lawmakers moved for a reconsideration, which was rejected. Supporters of the legislation says it gives local institutions the power to decide what's right for them. I'm Catherine Carley reporting. And despite the challenges, offshore wind in New York is thriving. More from our Edwin J. Vieira. 
In late 2023, the South Fork Wind Farm off Montauk's coast began producing 130 megawatts of power for Long Islanders. But New York's involvement in offshore wind goes beyond putting it in its waters. The Port of Albany has been working to help manufacture wind towers. It will produce, store, and deliver tower sections for the South Brooklyn Marine Terminal for staging. Megan Daly with the Port of Albany says this will benefit the state's move to a climate-friendly future. Not only will this be contributing to solutions for climate change, it frankly is going to be reaching into the adjacent environmental justice communities that will also be able to participate in the labor force and in generational careers here. Both the Port of Albany and the Port of Queemans are economic engines in the capital region. They'll be able to support up to 10,000 construction jobs, create more than 3,200 jobs in the wind energy sector, and add $1 billion in wages during the first year of operation. This is part of New York's burgeoning green economy. A 2019 New York State Comptroller report shows an 85% increase in demand for green jobs. In New Jersey, the Economic Development Authority says that offshore wind jobs would peak in about 2030 at 20,000. Finally, Farah Siddiqui lets us know a new report examines children's well-being in every state, and it finds in Missouri the outcomes vary widely depending on race. In its Race for Results report, the Annie E. Casey Foundation analyzes indicators of child well-being by race from early childhood education to family resources. It ranks Missouri roughly in the middle among states, but the rankings by race or ethnicity range from 14th for Asian and Pacific Islander children to 40th for white children. Tracy Griever Rice, Kids Count Program Director for the Missouri Family and Community Trust, says this is consistent with historic trends. White children actually have gone up in terms of the percent in um, poverty. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service, member and listener supported. Here's on interesting radio stations, your favorite podcast platform. Find your trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.